aren't you? Amen. Y'all didn't even argue with me a bit. You just sat right on down. Amen. Uh, uh, we're going to uh, look in the Old Testament in 2 Kings. Thank you, my man. Uh, we're going to, we're going to, obviously, obviously it's Mother's Day today. Aren't, isn't it good to have an awesome mama say amen? Never, 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 never uh, take for granted if you had a good one. Never take that for granted. You say, why? Because everybody didn't. Everybody didn't, amen? So we, we want to make sure that we do everything we can to let them know we appreciate them. And so we're going we're to kind of preach to that subject. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to deal with it in such a way that we can receive something from it. Don't matter whether you're a mother or not a mother or, or a different gender. You can be a man and, and take the same points and the same principles that we're going to uh, learn today and see today and apply it to our lives. But before we do that, I want to, I want to encourage you. And most of you, you got a bulletin today. Uh, you got a bulletin today, and inside your bulletin, you found uh, one of these little pieces of paper. It says, is, uh, uh, our church's Bible study library is now digital and gigantic. How many of y'all got one? Raise, raise your hand if you got one of these. Raise your hand real high. Okay, I need you to get one of them. I need everybody to get one of them. We have an opportunity. We have an opportunity now to be able to present and give a brand new resource. I got to read this stuff because there's too much to uh, memorize before church today. Uh, it's called Right Now Media. Right Now Media is a digital library of over 10,000 Christian videos. There are Bible studies about marriage, personal finance, parenting, leadership. There's all kind of kids programming such as Veggie Tales, Boz, uh, What's in the Bible, training on different ministry teams. Uh, the list goes on and on. This programming, and watch this, is available 24-7 to stream on your smartphone, tablet, computer, and even your TV. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like a souped-up Christian Netflix. Say amen. And guess what? It is absolutely free. Absolutely free. For every person that attends Temple, uh, you can, I guess, punch in a code and do all whatever, whatever stuff. I, I don't know that I shouldn't even said that because I don't really know what you do. Amen? Uh, I just know it's going to be available to you. Uh, and, 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 and I think the greatest word in the, in the English language is free. Amen. Amen. So we want to get this to you. Great stuff. Now, I'm telling you, I'll be honest with you, I'm very skeptical with anything uh, that's going to uh, uh, cost money or anything that people wants to bring. Because every week somebody is trying to sell us something that, that, what we want, that wants to sell you something. Because when, when there is a large church, and it's, you know, our, our church is, anyway, 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 uh, people always see this as a target. And, and so I usually don't even, I, nah, we're not interested, we're not interested, we're not interested. But Brother Dustin it highly encouraged me to check this out, and I did, and I was mesmerized. I could not believe the content and the, the, the amount of stuff that you will be able to access and to see and to use and be a blessing to your family for nothing, for free. And this is how we can get it to you. I need you to fill out that survey card in your seat. If you look at your seat right there beside you, uh, it, your seat may be empty, but there'll, there'll be one beside you. And I know y'all hate filling out survey cards and you just, it, that aggravates you. But listen, we've got to get your information so we can send this stuff to you. We have to get your email address. Is that right, Brother Dustin? That's how that works all through your email address. So please, please, throughout, uh, between now in the time we take up our tithes and offerings at the end of this message, fill this thing out and drop it into the offering plate. So what are you going to do with this? Fill it out. You're going to... 
after you fill it out, what are you going to do with this? Drop it in the offering plate. Amen. And all God's people said, amen. All right. All right. Well, let's look in 2 Kings chapter number 4. 2 Kings chapter number 4. Uh, I, I want to, here's what I want to do. I, I, I want, I want to talk about our mamas today and then we're going, and then we're going to read the text and, 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 but I'm not going to read the whole story in, in the, in the text because it takes a lot of time to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to read part of the text. We'll pray. And then I'm going to tell you the story of what happened with this particular woman, this particular mother, and then we'll go from there. If that makes sense, say Amen. May, may paraphrase just a little bit of it so, to save some time, but you'll get the point. And then I want to share with you three quick things. I, I'm going to try my best to be very brief today. Uh, three quick things, three attributes that I see in this woman, see in her life, that I, can, I believe can be very beneficial to us today. The Word calls her a great woman. But what made her great? What made her great? I think these attributes are, are very instrumental for her being labeled as a great person. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. Men, did you realize that by the time a child reaches the age of 18, a mother has had to handle some extra 18,000 hours of child-generated work? Are you all with me? Uh, that, may, that may explain the survey that I read this week uh, that the number one gift that a mother wanted to receive for Mother's Day was not flowers, was not candy, no offense if that's what you got, amen. Uh, it, it wasn't anything. The number one request that mothers wanted was sleep. Do I have a witness in the house, ladies? Uh, so the best thing you could do is let her take a nap, amen. Uh, that, that explains 18,000 18, hours of child-generated labor. A young father was trying to explain the concept of marriage to his four-year-old daughter. He got out their wedding album and thinking that the visual images would help and explained that the entire wedding service to her. When he was finished, he asked if she had any questions. She pointed to a picture of the wedding party and asked, Daddy, is that when Mommy came to work for us? Oh, boy, help us there. A teacher, a teacher gave her class of second graders a lesson on the magnet. And what it does, the next day in a written test, she included the question, my name has six letters, the first one is M, I pick up things. What am I? When the test papers were turned in, the teacher was astonished to find that almost 50% of the students answered the question with mother. Are, are, are any ladies feeling the love this morning? Now, how many of you, how many of you learned life lessons from your mama? Raise your hand if you learned life lessons from your mama. Now, here in the South, if you're not from the South, do we have any Yankees in the house and willing to admit it? If you're not from the South, yeah, we got one from North Dakota. North Dakota. No, now, it don't get no northerner than that right there. Amen. And, and that's really, I, that was a poor way to put that. But uh, listen, we talk different down here. Will we all agree with that? And we use different terminologies. And you know it's different with a mom. Because most moms, they're going to say, uh, I'm, I'm going to teach you something. Uh, but when it's really serious, have y'all ever heard this phrase right here? Uh, I'm fixing to learn you something. You know what that means? That usually means you're fixing to tote one, all right? Uh, they're going to they gonna learn us something. Well, you know, I learned, I learned a lot from my mom, too. And, and, and you probably did, too. My mother, my mother taught me logic by saying this. 
if you fall off of that swing and break your neck, you're not going to the store with me. That's logic. My mother, my mother taught me about medicine. If you don't stop crossing your eyes, they're going to freeze that way. My mother taught me to think ahead by saying, if you don't pass your spelling test, you'll never get a good job. My mother taught me about humor. This is what she said. When the lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't you come running to me. <laughs> My mother taught me about becoming an adult by saying, if you don't eat your vegetables, you will never grow up. Here's one of my all-time favorites. My mother taught me about genetics by saying, you're just like your father. <laughs> my mother taught me about my roots by saying, do you think you were born in a barn? My mother taught me about the wisdom of age. When she says, when you get to my age, you will understand. Or, or, I will explain it all when you get older. Say amen right there. Amen. My mother taught me about anticipation. Just wait till your father gets home. How many of y'all know that the anticipation of death is worse than death itself? Yeah. You know, that four hours, that four hours that you wait for your daddy to get home to get your whooping, or if yours in my case, she whooped you first, and then he whooped you when you got home. Amen. It's always worse than the whooping. Uh, now, uh, my mother taught me about receiving by saying this, you're going to get it when I get you home. And this is my all-time favorite right here. All-time favorite. My mother taught me justice. By saying, one day, one day, you're going to have kids. And I hope they turn out just like you. <laughs> then you're going to see what it was like, what I had to go through. Amen. Uh, do we have any mamas that can testify to all this learning we have received? Now listen, now listen. Sidney J. Harris once said that the most common fallacy among women is that simply having children makes one a mother, which is as absurd as believing that having a piano makes one a musician. Isn't that the truth? Listen, I want to I talk to you today about a great woman, a great woman. Uh, we can see by what she did that she was also a great mother, but she was a great woman before she was a great mother. You know, I, I, I see things today, and I think a lot of it is the signs of the times. I really do, I think, because the Bible says in the last days that they, they will lack natural affection. They will lack natural, natural affection. They won't, they won't love like they are supposed to love. They won't treat their, their, their youth like they are supposed to. And I believe we are in that day. I, I mean, you have mothers that are they're doing so many harmful things to their, to their children, and, and it's devastating. Well, I want to I want to talk to you today in Second Kings, Second Kings, uh, chapter number four and verse number eight. Have you found your spot? Say amen. amen. This thing is aggravating me to death, Adam. I, I think it's when I'm putting the glasses on it moves it and it makes it noise. So if this thing goes out and up and around, it's all good, amen. Because I've got to have these to see, and and I would leave them on after I get them adjusted. But I can look down here and it looks good, and I look up and y'all are blurry, so I can't have that. Are y'all with me? <laughs> So how many of y'all can just deal with it today? Amen? All right, here we go. Here we go. 2 Kings chapter number 4 and verse number 8. It says, It fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman. And she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed, a table, a stool, a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. 
And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he returned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. And when he had called her and she stood before him, and she said unto him, or he said unto him, the servant, say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, All About this season, according to the time of life, Thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman, she couldn't believe it. She was saying, this is, this is a Bible way of saying, You're kidding. Come on, now don't tease me. Don't tease me. And the woman conceived and bare a son at the season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father, to the reapers, and he said unto him, Father, my head, my head. And he said to a lad, Carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. And then died. Lord, I pray that you will... Just give us what we stand in need of today. I pray that you'll speak to our hearts. Bless the mamas in the house. Bless the uh, 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 ladies that desire to be a mom in the house. I pray that you will just touch all those that are here. Help us, encourage us, give us what we stand in need of. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And all God's people say it. Let's, let's, let's break this down. I, I want to tell the whole story. I didn't read it all because I want to try to save some time. But let me tell you the story. Let me tell you how this happened. We find the prophet Elisha is, is traveling, and, he, and he's traveling quite frequently between his hometown and Mount Carmel. And right in the middle, right in the middle of his hometown and Mount Carmel is the place where this great woman lives, the Shunammite woman. Well, in his passing, he's going through and, 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 and continuously, uh, she sees him and recognizes him and perceives that he's a man of God, perceives that he's got God on him and the touch of God with him, so she wants to do something for him. Now, always remember this. When, when people served the man of God, they were serving God. It was her desire to honor God and serve God, so she did it through him. He was God's representative here on earth. So in her ministering to him, she was ministering to God. So she wanted to be a blessing. She wanted to serve God, so she did it by preparing him a place. Prepared him a room there. It was the perfect stopping off point. It was the perfect place to rest in his journey to get to Mount Carmel. And so she did that. She made it very hospitable. She did everything she could to make him feel comfortable in his itinerant ministry there. Well, one day, uh, uh, the prophet... Elisha was so grateful, he was thankful for what uh, this woman did for him in the ministry. And, and, and he says, listen, what can God do for you? You've been so kind, you've been so nice, uh, you've, been, you've blessed us so much and, and helped us. What can we do for you? What can God do for you? What, what do you want? And he says, well, he, she, he considers, do you want us to speak to the king for you? Do you want us to give a, a good word? And in her humility, she says, look, I'm good. I, I, I stay with my people. I, I'm, I'm good where I'm at. I don't, I, I don't need any kind of recognition that way. Well, Gehazi, 
the servant said, look, look, Elisha, she, she has no child. She has no child. In that day, children were critically important. Children were critically important, and they were looked on as a blessing from God. Today, that's totally different. Most people look on children as a burden. And boy, that shouldn't be. But in that day, there was no welfare. There was no Social Security. There was no anything of that nature. You were taken care of when you were old by your children. And if you didn't have any children, you were in trouble. So now her husband is old. They have no child. Uh, uh, if, if something happens to her husband, she's going to be in a bad way. So he suggests, what about this? And Elisha says, that sounds like a good plan. Let's, let's, let's talk to God about it. God promises. God says, we're going to bless this family with a son. Man, this is great. This is exciting. This is a dream come true. I mean, to the point that she says, listen, don't tease me about this. Well, the baby comes. The baby comes. I can imagine. I can imagine. I see, I see pictures all the time. I, I see pictures all the time on Facebook over, uh, over gushing mothers and even more gushing grandmothers. I need a witness right there. Is that not the truth? Now, now listen, I, I, I see the excitement and the joy, and, 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 and I'm telling you, they, they, there's, nothing like, there's nothing like when that takes place. So I can imagine her excitement. I can imagine her joy. I can imagine, uh, especially if it took a long time for this to happen, uh, it's even more appreciated and even, even more of a blessing. Uh, but one day as this child began to grow up, uh, uh, and, and I, I say it's, it's a youth, it's not, it's not, when it says grown, I don't believe it's a grown man, but this young man was, was older, uh, he's able to go about on his own, he went to uh, the fields to hang out with dad, and, and in the midst of the harvesting time, the, the heat is very great, and, and it's, it's a great possibility he may have had a heat stroke or something of that nature, or maybe a, a brain aneurysm, but he began, to, he began to be in excruciating pain in his head. Well, the father does like most fathers and said, go to your mama. Are y'all with me, ladies? Uh, whatever it is, uh, mother can fix it, amen? Take this boy to his mama. And, and so the servant took the, took the young man and went to the mama. And the mama did what mamas do, amen? She held him tight, kept him on her lap, and held him close till he died. Till he died. And then, and, and then the craziest thing happened. She took this baby boy and she went into the place that she had prepared for the prophet and she laid this young man on the bed of the prophet and she walked out and shut the door. Now that was very intriguing to me. She goes to the father, she goes to the father and says, listen, I need a ride. You need to get a servant. You need to get a mule. I need a ride because I've got to go see the man of God. You see, she never did tell him why. I need a ride. And, 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 and as the story goes, if you'll read it, the servant came. Now, now what is so significant about that? You see, in the harvest time was, was great heat, the heat of the day. Nobody would want a dead corpse in the house during harvest time. Because of the heat of the day, what they would do, there would be an immediate burial because of disease, because of everything. You know what? I don't have to go into all that stuff. So if the father would have known about the son, they would have buried the boy. Y'all following this? So she goes in and hides him, basically hides him 
in the prophet's chamber and shuts the door so nobody can see because mama don't want to let go. Thank God. She goes to the, she goes to the prophet, and, and this is what she tells, this is what she tells the, the servant leading uh, the mule. And she says, you don't worry about the one riding it. You just let this mule run. If it gets too bad, I'll tell you, but whatever you do, let's giddy up. Let's get to the man of God. You see her. She's concerned. She, she is in a, in a grieving state. She comes up to the prophet, and the, and the, and the, and the servant goes out to greet her. And, and Elisha says, it's, uh, there's something, something, something's not right. Uh, ask him if everything's okay. Well, the, the, the prophet says, hey, is everything all right with you? Is everything all right with your husband? Is everything all right with your boy? And I watch this response of faith. She says, it is well. And it, anyway, anyway, we'll come back. You'll get that in just a minute. Amen. She tells, she tells Elisha what's going on. And even to the point in her grief, she's saying, why did you do this to me? I didn't ask for this boy. I didn't ask for this son. Has there ever been a time in your life that you feel like God gave you a blessing and then took it away? In her grief, in her brokenness, in her, listen, her heartbreaking experience, she's reaching out to God's man. And this is what he says. This is great. He says, he says, Gehazi, I want you to go, and then I'm going to tell you how to fix this deal. And this is what she says. Listen, you can send him if you want to, but as the Lord God liveth, I am not leaving you. What she is saying, I don't want the servant. I don't want an assistant. I need God, and I need him now. Amen. And Elisha said, let's go. He gets up, goes, and, and, and to make a long story short, he goes and heals the boy. The boy comes back to life. He had died. He brings him back to life, puts the family back together. Now, this is what I want to tell you. This is what I want to share with you and show you out of this situation. Number one, what makes this woman great? What is it about this woman that we can say, you know what? She was a great woman. She was a great mother. Number one, I want you to see this. Write this down. If you're taking notes, take this down. Number one, I want you to see her perception. Her perception, what is that? It's the ability to be aware, to use your senses. Uh, we, what, tell, me, tell me the senses. Tell me the senses. Give me the senses. We got, we got taste. Taste, I believe that's number one. Say amen right there. Taste, smell, sight. What was that? Hearing and touch. But do you realize there's another one? It's a sixth sense. It's ability, listen, the Holy Spirit in you, the ability to discern, to recognize, to be aware of the spiritual things around you. And you know what this woman had? She had perception. He, she said, I perceive that this is a holy man of God. She had a perception that even her husband didn't have. She perceived that this man was of God. This man had the touch of God on him. This man had the power of God on him. This man had the presence of God on him. And she had great perception. You say, what does this have to do with me? The Bible says in the, in the New Testament, in the book of Hebrews, it says in Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 12, he is, speaking to, he is speaking to a group of people who are spiritually immature. They need to grow up in their faith. 
He says, for when for the time. In other words, you've been saved long enough to be teachers. You have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone, in other words, all the mature, everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he's a babe. Watch this. Here's your verse. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. What does that mean? That means this, that that you need to have the ability to discern good. You need to have the ability to discern evil. You need to have the ability to perceive and see and be aware of what is sinful and what is holy. You need to be able to have a sense about what's going on in this world. And listen, it's not going to come by reading Reader's Digest. It's not going to come by being on Facebook all day. It's not going to come by watching TV and Oprah and all that stuff that goes on there. It's going to come by spending time in the Word of God, spending time in prayer so you can recognize God when he's there there are so many people that are saved but they are not exercising that sense they're not exercising the word they're not exercising in prayer they're not using time so they've got to go to everybody in the brother they've got to go to the preacher they got to go to the teacher they got to go here and there to ask every question in the world about what you need to do now I'm, I'm all for that I'm all for counsel. Matter of fact, I think people don't get enough counsel. The Bible says in the multitude uh, uh, of counselors, there is safety. What I am saying, what I am saying, that you don't have the ability to sense what is right and what is wrong, but the Holy Spirit is in you, and he can tell you. You don't have to call your mama. You don't have to call your daddy. You don't have to call your preacher. If you spend time with God, God will show you what's right and what's wrong. Listen, we're living in a day. We're living in a day when there's so much garbage out there. There is so much trickery and deception out there. You have 50 different preachers on TV that's trying to do everything they can to steal from you. And they've got just enough right to mix with all of their wrong to deceive you. But you need to have an awareness. You need to have an ability to recognize what's right and what's wrong. You see, there was other prophets in that day. It's just like today. There was other prophets in that day, uh, but there was something about this one. There was something. He don't talk like the rest of them. He don't walk like the rest of them. He don't act like the rest of them. There's something, what she is saying, there is something in me that is corresponding with something in him, and I perceive that he's of God. Let me ask you a question. You recognize God when he speaks? You recognize God? And, and let me say this. If you've not been saved that long, don't get all bent out of shape over this. And, and, and hey, there it changes again. Hey, man, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll get this used to. I keep snatching it off my ear. Uh, do you recognize God when he's moving? How many times? And this is not an unusual phenomenon. God was moving in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter number 2. God was moving, and people people were getting right. People were praising him. And you know what? There were some people who thought they were drunk. You know why? They didn't have any perception. They didn't recognize that it was God. Let me ask you a question. If God is moving in your life, can you recognize him? Preacher, how do we do that? I guarantee you, 
Everybody in this place can be talking. And there's, there's 2,500 voices going on at the same time. If my wife calls my name, I guarantee you I can pick her out. Listen, you can have a bunch of kids in the playground. You can have a bunch of kids in the playground and, and you let yours holler. Are y'all with me? Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that mothers have the uncanny ability to recognize a, a squeal of delight and a squeal that my collarbone's broken? Have you ever noticed that? I mean, they could be out there just 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 screaming bloody murder, and I'm like, oh! and I'm like, hey, hey, call nine. And she said, they're just playing. But you let that thing just change tone just, just the right way. She'll tear the door off the hinges to get to it. Why? She's got a perception. Do you have that when it comes to the things of God? I'm telling you, we are living in a day when it's critical that we have it. Amen? Number two. Number two. Not only did she have a perception, a spiritual perception, she had the ability to recognize God. Uh, secondly, secondly, we see not only her perception, but we see her preparation. And I know this is going to sound silly at first, but you're going to see why this is so important in a minute. We see her preparation because of her perception, because she perceived that this was a godly man, because God's hand was on him and, and the presence of God was with him. Because she recognized the presence of God around this man, she be, this is great, she began to prepare a place in her home to be conducive to the presence of God. Are y'all with me? In other words, you remember, you remember, he was God's representative. He, was, he represented God's presence here on this earth. And what did she do? She wanted to prepare her home in such a way that God would feel at home. Now, I want to ask you a question. Does God feel at home at your house? Are we preparing our homes in such a way? Are we, are we working in our home and, 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 and doing stuff in our home and putting things in our home, taking things out of our home? I think most homes need to be taking stuff out that would be conducive to God feeling at home in your house. Now, listen, there are so many places that have so much chaos in the home. And I'll tell you why. Because the Prince of Peace is not there. Amen. And we go through all kind of traumatic issues and drama and craziness and fighting and fussing and all this stuff. You know why? Because the presence of peace is not there. Because the Prince of Peace is not there. Now, now, now let, me, let, me, let me give you a little caveat. Let me just, everybody knows everybody goes home. They may be Ken and Barbie at the church, but they're Bonnie and Clyde at the house. Amen. So don't ever, don't, let's, don't, let's don't look at our Sunday look and, and, and say that, because I've, I've had couples that, I tell you what, I wish my husband was more like him. No, you don't. I wish my wife would act more like her. No, no, you don't. Say amen. There's issues in every house. I'm not saying that. But I am saying this. There is a lot of places that has a lot more drama than needs to be because God is not welcome there. 
she prepared a place that would be hospitable to God's presence in her house. I don't know about you, but if there's anything that we all need in the house, it's God's presence. Are y'all with me? We might, need to, we might need to make some adjustments in our house. I don't think it, I don't think it was very, I don't think it was uh, very convenient to do what they did, but they did what they needed to do so he would have a place to be. Are y'all with me? Say amen. I know what you're thinking. What's the big deal? So God felt at home there. House is a house. I, listen, I can, I, can go to God, I can go to the church and feel God. You know what? You might have a point. Except for what happened in the story. Because see, what happens in the story shows me the importance of what she did in the preparation process. Preacher, what are you saying? Watch this. You remember? You remember? Let's go back to, let's go back to in, 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 the, in the living room. She's sitting there holding her dying child. And then tragedy struck. This dying child passed away. She, well, I'm about to feel God right here. I'm perceiving something right here. Amen. She picks up what died in her life. She picks up her broken dream. She picks up what has caused the greatest heartache in her life. And she goes to the place that she had previously prepared. And she, amen, she goes into the room that she prepared for the man of God and for the presence of God. And she laid this baby boy, listen, on the bed of the man of God in the place she had previously prepared. You say, preacher, what are you getting at? What you do now may give you the ability to get through the trauma and the tragedy that may be coming in your life. You don't need God just at the church house. You need God at your house because one day something may die. Something may, there may be a tragedy. There may be a heartbreak. Where are you going to take them? Listen, because she had a place for God, she took him to the place. Let me ask you a question. Where are you going to run when your dream dies? Where are you going to take your heartache and your heartbreak? Can... Here's a, here's a simple question, and we're, we're almost done. I, 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 we're almost done. Please get this. If it came down to it, can you get a hold of God for your burden that you're carrying? I, I love the way this, this plays out. If the husband couldn't perceive that he was a man of God, there's a great possibility he can't believe enough that God can change his situation. What does that mean? You can be a great woman with a sorry husband. And vice versa. There is no excuse. There is no excuse. So, preacher, you just don't know my spouse. It don't really matter. I believe in her mind. She said, you know what? If he sees this boy, 
I believe God can do something. But he may not believe like that. He may not have that faith. So I'm just going to have the faith for him. And she runs to the prophet. And the prophet comes and heals her son. What happens? Number three. We see not only her great perception, her great preparation, but I, I want you to see her great persistence. And, and I'm going to just give this to you because I want to tell you the, the end of the story. <clears throat> Anybody ever listen to, or like listen to Paul Harvey oh, yeah. and, and, and the rest of the story? Well, there is a rest of the story. <laughs> but but I got I to, let me just tell you. Persistence. She told that driver, son, don't hold back. Let her fly. That sounds like a mama, don't it? Don't worry about my safety. I got to do something for my child. And then she gets to him, and he says, well, I'll just send Gehazi. She said, oh, no, you won't. You, you can send him if you want to, but unless you go, you're going to have a partner here in this place. I'm not leaving you till you do something in my situation. Elisha sees it. He gets up and goes with her because of her persistence. You know, I, I, I read in the Bible, i got two different places right here in my notes that, that you need to go to to read about God talking about persistent praying. He talks about a judge who wasn't even a godly man, could care less about the widow, but the widow wouldn't quit aggravating him, so he did what the widow wanted just to get her to shut up. What is God trying to teach us from that? Maybe you need to go wear out God with something. Because God wants to see tenacity. God wants to see persistence. What's the point? Have you prayed about something and it didn't happen and you quit? Is there something in your life that you think you've done prayed and prayed and nothing happened? Well, I'm just going to give up. Don't give up. Don't quit praying. Don't quit begging. Don't quit seeking God over this situation. Keep on praying till God does something. Say amen. Her persistence. And she, she saw her dream come back to life. Now, y'all got the story. That's the point. But here's, here's what I want to leave with you as an encouragement. As an encouragement. How many of you in here have ever gone through something so bad so painful, so difficult, that your immediate response and thought process was, why did God let this happen? Come on, be honest. Come on. It, it could have been in a relationship. It could have been with, with something in your life, maybe a possession or something. But you're thinking, how in God's name? If God's supposed to love me so much, why did he let me go through this? How many of y'all been there? Raise your hand. I don't see your hands again. Be honest. Be honest. Why would God give this woman a baby just to let it die? Why would God lift up her dreams and her desires and, 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 and let her be so happy to just cause her to be so sad? If you keep reading, this is so good. If you keep reading, you will find out that there's a great possibility that her husband has died. 
and Elisha warns this, this woman. So, ma'am, here's what you need to do. You need to get up, get your stuff, get your people, and get out of here because there is a great famine coming. There's a great difficult time coming. So guess what she did? She did. She got up, left, left her land, left her property, left everything. And by doing that, she lost it. Y'all with me so far? Stay with me. She lost it. Well, time passes by, time elapses and goes by, and, and now finally things have changed, things have turned around, that now, now the famine's over, she comes back with nothing. And she says, I'm going to the king. And I'm going to go to the king, and I'm going to petition to get my stuff back. Because I'm going to need a way to live, I'm going to need a place to live. Maybe, just maybe, the king will have mercy and help us. Well, it just so happens. Don't you love it when you're in a trial of your life and God has one of them just so happens moments? It just so happens that in the palace, Elisha's servant Gehazi is hanging out with the king. And the king is so tickled with all the stories that he had heard about Elisha that he tells Gehazi, tell me one in stories. Tell me about Elisha. Tell me about the miracle. Tell me something. Tell me something that happened. This is great, man. Tell me one of them stories about Elisha. He said, well, I tell you what. There was a time that there was this woman who didn't have a child. Well, uh, 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 Elisha prayed, and she had a child. I mean, it was just a miracle her having a child. But, King, you ain't going to believe this. This child died. I mean, something happened. I mean, he was, I, I don't know what a heat stroke, I don't know. But this child died, and you ain't going to believe it, but he raised him back from the dead. Can you imagine that, King? What? Are you serious? Brought him back from the dead? Nuh-uh. And it just so happens that at the very moment that Gehazi is telling the story. Guess who walked in? Gehazi looks up. You can't look. Are y'all getting this? Gehazi looks up, said, King, you ain't going to believe this. But you know that story I just told you? That's her. You see that little naughty-headed young winner? That's him. And the king said, whoa, come here, come here. She comes up to him with her petition and tells the whole story. That king said, man, I tell you what I'm going to do. He calls his servant. He says, I want you to see to this woman, gets her house back, gets her lands back, gets her stuff back. And not only that, I want you to give her interest of all that she would have had if she had stayed. I can tell right now, y'all don't get it. You say, it's a great story. She got her stuff back. No, 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 no. That's not what you don't get. You see, it was the story of the dead dream that touched the heart of the king. 
Let me translate it. The hell you're going through right now may be God preparing a heaven for you then. That thing that is breaking your heart, that thing that is tearing you apart, that thing that you're sitting and saying, what in God's name is God doing? If God loved me so much, why would he let me go through this? Because God sees in your future a famine that's coming, and God is preparing something today that's going to take care of you tomorrow. Can we give God praise and glory and honor in the house today? Listen, let's be that great person. Let's ask God to give us a spiritual perception to be able to recognize God. Let's begin to prepare a place for God in our lives so that God would feel at home. Why? There may be a day, there may be a day that what you do today will change your tomorrow. And all God's people say, let's stand to our feet. Listen. As the pianists and the, and the musicians come, I want every head bowed just for a moment. Just for a moment. If you're here today and you're not saved, it would be a tragedy to leave this building unsaved. It, 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 it would just be the worst thing that could ever happen is for you to leave this building without Christ. I want you to be as still as possible. Be as still as possible. We've got people in the balcony with their Bibles in their hands. We've got people on the floor with a Bible in their hand. They would be glad to take a Bible and show you how to be saved. But maybe you just need to come and talk to God and tell Him, Thank you for my mama. Maybe you just need to come to God and tell Him, Thank you for watching out for your future by preparing you in the present. Even though that thing is difficult, even though that thing is heartbreaking, God may be watching out for your future. Maybe you need to just come and thank Him and help Him and say, say, God, please help me to recognize when you're moving in my life. If you'll see the area where the rock area is at the altar, if you want privacy, you can come and pray there. Nobody will bother you. It's just you and God. But this is the time of the invitation where we give back to God and just come and appreciate Him and thank Him and just have an opportunity to talk to him about what he's done for us. But if you need to join up, we can help you with that. If you need to be saved, we can help you with that. This is the invitation. Lord, please help those that are in great need. I pray that you will touch their heart, meet their needs. I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing. Let's sing. Let's sing. Sing, sing, sing. I must tell Jesus. If God is speaking to your heart, if God is moving on you, we can help. Come all on. Come on. My we'll be glad to help you. We'll be glad to pray with you, encourage I you, whatever you stand in need of. I want you to come. I want you to come. Let us have an opportunity to, to meet your needs. Alone. That's it. Sing on. In my, in my distress, distress he, he will, he kindly, kindly will help me. Come on, and he yes, ever loves and saves.
sing, cares for his I love this part. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Jesus can help me. Jesus alone. So I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I cannot bear my burdens alone. So I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Jesus can help me. Jesus alone. Hey, we've got we've got uh, Mr. Jake DeBlanc come this morning, and uh, he prayed with his dad Thursday night and trusted Christ as your Savior. Is that awesome? Amen. Amen. Jake, I'm proud of you, son. That's a that's a huge huge deal. And I'm telling you, it's the greatest decision you ever make in your life. Yeah. It's to start it with Christ. Amen? Amen. Well, we're going we're gonna, to uh, take our tithes and our offerings today. Uh, many people say, what, what is tithes? What do, you, what do you do with tithes? You're looking at it. The lights you see, we take care of it with tithes. The air conditioning you feel, we take care of it with tithes. Uh, everything that this church does in operation, it, it, it works and operates through our tithes. We give a tenth of our income to the work of God. So that he can use it to get glory. He can use it to minister and be a blessing to others. Listen, we give our, our faith and action is to, to the building itself to, to, to pay uh, for this property and the building. And, uh, and other things we got to do too. We, got, we still got uh, uh, some paving that needs to be done and that type of thing. Well, that's where, that's where faith and action goes. It takes care of that. And then we give above that to our missions. We've got missionaries all over the world that's preaching the gospel, that's sharing the gospel. Brother, Brother Travis, most of y'all know. Uh, he, is, he is still in the Philippines, working in the Philippines. He can't do that without what you do now. It is because of what you're doing now that gives him the ability to take the gospel to people who don't have it. You know, it, I, I honestly believe this. I believe it's a shame that we get to hear it every week and someone has never heard it. But we are able to do that because of what you do. And I want to thank you so much for that and your generosity. And, and so let's do, let's pray. We're going to pray and ask the Lord what he wants us to do in those three areas. And pray that God will get the glory out of it. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for your blessings and your glory. I pray that you'll bless this offering. Use it for your glory. Bless those that give. And uh, uh, Lord, those that uh, uh, are, 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 are struggling right now. Bless them. Help them. Encourage them. Lift them up. Give them what they stand in need of. Lord, I'll praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. 
Well, I heard an old, old story of how a Savior came from glory, how He gave His life on Calvary. 